Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford here. I'm joined ahead of the biggest football weekend of the year, as always, by Rory O'Neill, by Karen Whelan, and by Eamon Fitzmaurice. How's everybody doing? Good, Mikey. Not a bad Mikey, thanks. Good stuff, lads. Yeah, look, it's a exciting weekend. Obviously, look, it's the All Ireland football quarterfinals. Um, since these were made, you know, double headers on a Saturday and Sunday. It's the first chance you get really for Crow Park to be full or. Close to full, they're looking at, what is it, Roy, about 130,000 probably over the two days? I think they're going to get about 75 on Sunday and potentially maybe 55 or 60 then on the Saturday. Yeah. No, so. Derry, Derry, Mayo and Dublin, Derry, Mayo, Dublin and Armagh obviously help, you know. Yes, big time. Regards, because you wouldn't be depending on Cork or Kerry for that matter, actually, Eamon. <laughs> oh, not for a quarter <laughs> final. No, they're like... Somewhere between 500 and 1,000, I suppose, some carry up there, Rory. Yeah, they're the Naomi Campbell of supporters. They don't get out of bed for quarterfinals, really. No. <laughs> uh, but so, look, for anybody who's not aware, uh, Saturday is Clare v. Derry, uh, Dublin v. Cork, and Sunday is Armagh Galway and Kerry v. Mayo. Um, and as we know, the way the, the, quarterfin- the semifinals work out, the winners of Dublin Cork will play the winners of Kerry Mayo. And the winners of Clare Derry will play the winners of Armagh Galway, which is obviously for everybody is quite interesting because it means one of Clare Derry Armagh Galway is going to contest an All Ireland final, which will be quite novel after the last mm. fifteen or so years. Anyway, uh, we'll crack on with the Saturday matches first. That's the fiesta of Division Two football as Clare take on Derry and Dublin take on Cork. Um, it's it's true, Willow. It might only be for twelve months. I am a Mikey. Listen, enjoy a while it lasts. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you, no. get, you get every get every dig you can in possible. You know? <laughs> I, I I don't know how many digs the dubs are going to get in this this weekend. So we might as well start there. Um, have you any concerns whatsoever going into this game, Willow, as a Dublin fan? Yeah. Uh, no, not particularly. I don't think Mikey. No, I think, yes. <laughs> no, no straight <laughs> no. answer. Um, I suppose that like Cork are probably you know, you know, the draw has been kind to them to a certain degree. Now I would give Cork. You have to give them credit where credit is due. That John Cleary has you know he's instilled a bit of fight into them. You know they came out of the league and they were getting like they're the most maligned team and they've taken a hell of a lot of criticism and it must be actually difficult to be a Cork player in recent years and they were taking a lot of flack during the league and you know they, they took, came out of the Kerry game with a bit of pride um, you know and then kicked on to get a couple of wins in the qualifiers even though like they weren't electric against Limerick but they still got the job done so to be honest I always felt if this game had been in Parky Cueve it would have brought a bit of energy to it. It would have rallied maybe the home crowd. Cork would have had a bit of support there, but Crow Park is a different, you know, we, they're not going to travel. Dublin will have support. Uh, Dublin look to have the bit back between their teeth. Um, you know, I'd be, even though they remain untested and there's probably some question marks still hanging out there that we haven't got answers to, um, they look like they've they've regenerated a bit. And particularly in their forward line, I thought, where they set up in the forward line uh, and their movement, particularly the inside tree and how the shape they had the last day against Kildare was excellent. They blew them out of the water. So, um, you know, you got to think that Dublin 
are going to win this game with a bit of comfort. I think for Cork, it's really about containment, and I would expect to see them set up similarly to the to the to the Kerry game. You know, now obviously Sean Powder, you know, they seem to be using him in that extra role. You know, he, you probably think he might be best suited to Mark Con Con O'Callaghan, but they probably play him in that plus one. Uh, try and play deep. Try and have Maguire dropping into the half back line. Uh, can play a game of containment, and if they can move the ball quicker, their their transition can be slow. But if they can get it quicker into Sherlock O'Mahony and Hurdy, they could they could cause Dublin uh, some problems up there. But you got to feel that you know Dublin have had four weeks. They took a week off after the uh, Leinster final. Uh, they will be fresh. They'll be energized, and you know even I think psychologically for Cork, the challenge of just coming into Crow Park against this Dublin team is going to be just beyond them, I think, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Eamon, you know, Cork did, did well for a brief period against Kerry, I suppose. And um, as as Kieran says, they have a, a method of containment they're obviously been working on. The problem for John Cleary is he hasn't been working on a method of containment when playing against Loud and Limerick. So, you know, whatever kind of momentum they've got through the qualifiers, unfortunately, is likely to be kind of irrelevant going into this game because they'll have to change their style of play because they, they, they can't treat Dublin as they treated Lowther Limerick. So they'll have to go back somewhat to how they played down in uh, in the Munster final, which was, you know, effective for 50 or 60 minutes, perhaps, against the Kerry team who hadn't hit their straps. Unfortunately, the Dublin attack got plenty of practice in the Munster final against Kildare. So they could be in a bit of a flow. So this is going to be a challenge above, sorry, the Munster semi-final for Cork, isn't it? It is. Look, I think all of that is fair, Mikey, and I think you're on covered it well there. Um, look, with Cork, I think today against Kerry, they did, they did very well for, for that that 50 minutes or so. And, you know, they were down to 14 men for the last 10 minutes as well when Kerry ran in five or six points, you know, so... I, look, I don't know. I don't know how much of a factor that was. I mean, obviously they were going to lose the match anyway. But you know, sorry, I just think that that got lost the small bit. I felt it. It did, Rory, and I think the other point as well with that period was that look, they, they've been very unlucky with injuries, and the injuries they've got have been big, significant injuries all throughout the season. And it was kind of summed up with the injury Michal Martin picked up in that um, in 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 that Munster semi final game where he had to go off in a fellow who's used to playing outfield for his club ends up going into goals. Kerry get a press going for the last, you know, when David Moran came on the field in particular and they really hemmed them in and went to town in them for the last, you know, 20 minutes of the game. And as you mentioned, Rory, they were down to 14 players. So there was a lot that went against um, Cork towards the end of that game. But I think Kerry were always going to win this and, you know, there was no question. It didn't look to me ever like Kerry were going to lose that game. But Cork have a template from that game. They'll have the, you know, the policy of containment again against Dublin. And I think if I was in the Cork camp, I if looking at Dublin, I was at the Leinster final. They were so impressive up front. And it was clear they were enjoying kicking the ball in size. And the three player, the whole team were enjoying it. They were enjoying, you know, over the, the, the way their game had evolved to the possession game. You know, it was very effective, but there probably isn't much fun in playing that. Whereas playing that kicking, attacking game that they played, using Khan inside, using Castle and Dean Rock, getting the likes of Kilkenny cutting off them, getting 
those goal chances and getting some great scores. It was a joy to watch, but I'm sure it was a joy to play as well. So they've probably been practicing that for the last couple of weeks as well. And Cork certainly need to station at least one, if not two bodies in that kind of area around the D to take away those kick passes and force Dublin go, to go back to the other game and frustrate them and maybe uh, get Dublin playing in a way that they're quite comfortable with, but at the same time isn't as enjoyable to play and possibly isn't as effective uh, as well. So, um, you know, I think that's that's probably the, the approach Cork are going to have to take. Uh, but like Kiran mentioned, that containment game is fine if you transition at the pace that the likes of Derry do. But Cork are kind of slow enough getting from back to front and, you know, Dublin will be comfortable dealing with that. So a uh, big challenge for Cork. But at the same time, I do think uh, while it's it's not meant to be con- condescending, they are in bonus territory. They were at a point in their season where they had to play a game to ensure that they didn't go down to Division 3. And they got the result against Offaly that day. And now they're in an All-Ireland quarter final. Could have been a very different conversation for them for, for this season. So at least they're building experience for, 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 for themselves going forward. But, you know, like Kieran, very hard to see anything other than a, a you know, comfortable Dublin win, really. Yeah. Uh, John Cleary has kind of been building, you know, he, he, Rory, he's wanted this job, obviously, for a while, and he won't be happy with kind of how, how it's kind of come to him now. But um, for all the kind of flack they've got, you know, they've got some fantastic footballers. You know, Maguire was mentioned already in Powder, and Stephen Sherlock has had has, has run hot at times this season, and Brian Hurley is mm-hmm. consistent. Cahill O'Mahony is, is kind of come through this year and looks very good. You know, he's an experienced manager. He's on the biggest stage against the biggest team. He has some very talented footballers. Maybe he maybe doesn't have as many as Dublin, but like got you'd like to think the man's going to have a plan and he's going to hopefully you know kind of implement it better than it was implemented against Kerry and keep fifteen players on the pitch. And I'm not saying they're going to win, but is there any optimism that like this could be a heartening performance to build on for the next few years? Yeah, and I think I think there is. I think there is. I think they will. Like, I mean, no self-respecting Corkman coming up to Dublin to play Dublin isn't obviously not going to lift his game a small bit with facing into that challenge, but they're just not good enough. Like, let's be honest. They're not athletically at the same level as Dublin. They don't They don't have the same depth in the panel. They're probably a little bit weak at midfield. I'm, I'd imagine they're going to get... They're going to find it very, very difficult to secure... That first phase ball, primary possession. Ian McGuire, great player. You know he's got Colin McCallaghan in in alongside him at the minute. Who's, let's be honest, is a is more of a wing forward, sort of half forward, than a midfielder. And he's only kind of in there as an auxiliary midfielder because Killian O'Hanlon went out on long term injury, and they don't really have any other options. Bar young lad, which we saw in the on Monster in the Twenties, young lad Walsh from Canturk. But probably, Eamon, you mentioned him as well to me in a text, like uh, probably a bit too soon and maybe a bit underdeveloped from his point of view. So, look, I think they will, like bonus territory is a good way of looking at it. Like the reality here is you're coming up to play a team away from home. I know Wheeler doesn't like this now, but that's the reality. You're playing them in their home venue. They've lost three matches in 12 years. Three championship matches in 12 years, they've been beating it. 
none of which were Kerry, by the way. Kerry in that run over the last 12 years on six occasions, and Eamon will probably know this better than most because he was probably manager <laughs> for at least five of them. He's just having to cut off both of you, lads. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Rory. Yeah, like, no, get no, out the wrong side of the bed this morning. No, no, eh? Yeah, I did, actually. Like, but I, 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 I think you have to put in context. Yeah, the rebel's have, coming out in them. Not at all. I think you have to put in context. Like, what? Well, no, I, I, it's not Three necessary. of them, I think, Rory. Three of them. I'm just doing my counting there. Three. I can see you wincing, Amy. Uh, 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 I, I thought it sounded a bit too much. Like, yeah, I just had to do my maths. Uh, so, um, like, so, so, like, I think the challenge that Cork are facing needs to be put us into context a small bit, you know, and and the ridicule that seems to accompany them everywhere they go, and will probably ensue if they endure an eight to ten point beating because they're a, they're an easy punch bag for teams. But like, the reality is, this is a, a challenge way beyond them in their development at this point. You just hope that they can make it competitive they'll rise to the challenge a small bit and they'll give a good account of themselves so that when they can face into 2023 again that they um that they you know get a few players back Connor Corbett and a few others will be fit we hope and that they can make a real stab at being with Dublin the other team that gets out of division two get back to division one and then try and establish yourself at the top ho- hopefully yeah. draw Dublin at home in Parky Cueve at least next spring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we all look forward to like, that. You know, uh, well, you know, it'd be great, Mikey. At least we'd be back at home in Parnell for our league games next year. You know, that's we'll be back playing our home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love, I won't bother doing predictions here. I, I, I think we're all predicting a Dublin win. So I, I just ask you, is there any like Dublin? Obviously, you know, they've come through Leinster fairly handy, Wexford, Meath, Kildare. It's a pretty standard three victims for them at this stage and Kildare obviously for for a variety of reasons didn't put up much of a challenge in the Leinster final what, what do you think at this stage Dublin need to kind of where are you maybe a little bit concerned about what you've seen thus far and what would you like to see against against Cork you know all yeah. things considered the result is beyond doubt at this I suppose, stage yeah I suppose there's probably three things and I suppose we, we touched on one already is kind of the the movement in the forward line and and Eamon touched on it there as well that the three lads are they were playing very very deep really deep nearly on the end line and making it very very difficult to defend against uh and playing very narrow the three inside forwards were playing right on the goal line and and that makes it actually even if you have one sweeper back it can be very very difficult uh, to play again so it's going to be interesting to see they've kind of let that cat out of the bag to a certain degree and it'd be interesting to see how teams approach that they obviously have the other method of being able to uh, hold possession and work it uh, and wait and be patient and get runners in at angles as well but I suppose the two things for me Mike is number one probably they're lacking a bit of depth defensively and Owen O'Donnell you know was brought into the panel probably for he was brought in for a particular reason and and I think that's because there were a few injuries defensively I think McDade is obviously is he not a club is he not a forward as a club player he is a forward as a club player but inter-county minor he would have played as a halfback when he played at Dublin so he had he has that ability to adjust and it just like it just seems a bit I think he was brought in I would think he's been brought in to cover defensively because there isn't a whole lot of depth there uh and the, the second question for me is, you know, and, and, and this is in no way building Kerry up because Kerry are under significant pressure, uh, you know, if Dublin and Kerry were to come through. But when you do look at the bench and you look at the depth that Kerry now would have compared to Dublin, um, 
if Dublin are asked that question with 10, 15 minutes to go and momentum goes against them in that last quarter, they concede a goal like they did in 2019, Killian Spillane, do they have the guys that can come in and hold the composure within the team and close out the game like they did many times over that period? And that's the, que- that's the big question mark we won't know until they're actually put in that position. Uh, so they, they would be kind of the two kind of, mm. you know, a couple of doubts yeah. that the questions that still aren't answered. And I think you're on the, the, the dubs, the, the bench at the moment, the bench going back all the time that I would have been coming up against them. They were built to either go after the game or finish the game. Yeah, you know that yeah, if yeah. they were ahead, they, they put the foot Close to the floor yeah. or, or if they were behind, they had the quality to kind of flip it around. But I think the bench now and holding the likes of Johnny Cooper, it's built to see out a match and manage out a match that they're ahead going into the final quarter and that they're kind of, you know, there to manage the game out then rather than having the likes of the Kevin McMenamins and so on and the McCauleys and all these fellas that could go and chase games for you. But mm. I'm sure, Eamon, there was times back then when you looked at that bench and you thought, Jesus, looks what look what looks what is coming in the last 15, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you were bringing Dermot Connolly on for the last 15 minutes of all Ireland finals at times. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. And we, like we used to have to plan for the likes of Kevin McMenamin and, and all, of the, all of the others that when they were coming in, we had to react with possibly a, so, a sub to pick them up because having the likes of those fresh fellas coming in and going at tired defenders who've been marking brilliant players for 55, 60 minutes already, it was, you know, you were reacting to them rather than being proactive, which was because of the strength of the bench. That, that was just the way it was. There's a pity their bench now isn't stronger. So your heart will bleed from. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on yeah. side, you're on oh. fire this morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, one, just one final point. I was working, looking at it there. I think the starting 15 from Cork, I think nine of the starting 15, potentially nine anyway, it'll be their first time to kick a football in Croke Park. And they're going to, as I said, like, you know, context. Mm, that's fair enough and look we were talking about it here on the Hurland show on, on Monday about in the context of Clare and Wexford how Wexford had the better of Clare until it came to Clare emptied their, when I emptied their bench brought on three scoring forwards who all scored and Wexford's bench just didn't have the impact and in the end it was it was a difference and in, in Gaelic games though there's no denying that it's a, a 20-man game etc and that was what made Dublin um made Dublin exceptional I suppose so I think we can all clearly see that Cork are going to win this game because Dublin's bench isn't what it used to be <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll move on to the first game on Saturday that's a joke I'm guessing unless anybody says otherwise I think we're all predicting a Dublin win um, the first game on Saturday is uh, Clare versus Derry and uh, Eamon my biggest concern like I, I had a look at you know teams winning runs um Claire come into this on the back of a qualifier run of beating Meath and Roscommon. Derry, lest we forget, because our are the, now the shiniest penny in Ulster and everything else. Derry won Ulster by beating Tyrone, Monaghan and Donegal. The problem is the it'll be nearly a month since they beat Donegal in a game of football that was probably pretty forgettable a day later, never mind a month later. So I think people maybe are beginning... I don't. I think they're obviously favourites against Clare, but you see the outright odds for the All-Ireland and... Bundit's talking about the runners and riders and Armagh are now like streaks ahead of Derry in everybody's estimation. Um, but you can't get away from the quality of the Ulster title that Derry have won. And they've had a month to recover slash rest now is one way of looking at it. But Or would you be more concerned that perhaps the momentum they build up might, might have dissipated a bit? 
Um, yeah, we're good at recency bias in the GA in fairness, Mikey. <laughs> uh, whoever has gone well at the moment is going to, you know, win everything. Products. But um, no, look, I think with Derry, I think it actually, I, I would worry for Ke- the likes of Kerry with a four-week break, but Derry, I think it suited them because, you know, it was a huge achievement for them. They were very open afterwards that they were going to enjoy the celebrations and they were going to enjoy uh, the first couple of days uh, of being Ulster champions. And for a new developing team, that kind of bonding and togetherness and having the few pints and the drinks and going around together with the cup and all that, that's brilliant. But they also have plenty of time then as well to get right for the quarterfinal. Um, the the only I put two health warnings with Derry, and I think this weekend will answer will answer us on that. Number one, it was a brilliant Ulster championship to win, no doubt about it. But when we see where the teams that they beat went afterwards, if you sit down before the Ulster championship, you say Derry win the Ulster championship, beating. Uh, Tyrone Monaghan and Donegal, you'd say, wow, that's amazing. But having seen what happened to Monaghan, uh, Tyrone and Donegal afterwards, how good were they this season and how good were they in the Ulster Championship? So I think that's one question uh, for Derry. And the other thing is, how well will their game transfer to Crow Park? And I, I think myself it'll transfer quite well because they're so fit. And Rory Gallagher has the experience of having transferred... Uh, with Jim McGuinness, the Donegal template, Tuckrow Park, and being even better in Crow Park, if anything. If anything. So I, 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 I wouldn't be as worried about that. But I do think that the farm lines, the way that they have played out over the championship, uh, brilliant achievement, but none of Donegal, Monaghan, or Tyrone were going as well as they can go this year. So that's the only health warning I'd have with, with Derry. Um, I still think that they're going to take serious beating uh, this weekend, obviously, and possibly further into the championship, but uh, it'll be it it will be interesting to see where they're at this this Saturday evening. Yeah, Rory, it might be a bit of a culture shock, I think, for Clare after playing against Meath and Roscommon, um, to come up against this Derry system, which um, not getting into like aesthetics here because I I actually quite I really enjoy watching them play. I think they're fascinating, but they are. You know, you know, it's a it's a Rory Gallagher team. They they like Keelan Sexton can look forward to one of the more un- uncomfortable and and possibly he, he may count on one or one hand or one and a half hands how many times he touches the ball. It's not going to be me. Then it's not going to be Ross Common. Anyway. No, you wouldn't imagine so. So, um, Colin Collins has been around the block a long time. Obviously, got to look at Derry during the league this year. So, do, do you think? Do you think Clare have a chance here? Do you think like that? Because obviously, it's it's quite the clash of styles and Derry. Will be going in as right, rightly as favourites, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I think that brings a bit of baggage as well. Um, I mean, they would have been underdogs going into all three games thus far. Uh, going into a match as favourites, very different mindset and huge expectation. There'll be a massive crowd from Derry there from very early on, and wouldn't imagine Clare will have huge support given the fact that they're heading back up to Croke Park the following weekend as well with their hurlers. Um, so I think there's a there's a shift in that pressure. They're coming in as the Ulster champions. They're kind of expected to win. They're going to be expected to win the game currently, uh, comfortably enough. And Cullum Collins and Clare, no, no, no dissimil- not, not too dissimilar to Cork, could be classed to be in bonus territory. But I think the big difference between Clare uh, taking on Derry and obviously Cork taking on Dublin is I think Clare have a chance here. You know, I... 
I think Eamon's point is an interesting one. I mean, does the game trans does that style of football tra- transfer to Croke Park? Uh, and if the fact that their fitness levels are at such a high level, it it may very well do. Looking at the quarter, the last round qualifier, Claire do set, tend to sit off as well. Would that be fair, Eamon? Like, could this be quite an? Wouldn't necessarily say we're heading back into Donegal Derry Ulster final territory, but lads, could this actually be quite a cagey old affair where basically the two teams kind of sit back and you know there's a lot big, of big time, Rory, big time, so? like yeah. Pierce Lillis, you know, is selected nominally wing forward and he can play there and he is one of those again kind of transition players up and down the field, but he sits in, you know, as as pretty much a sweeper and he tries to protect the inside line and clear get plenty of bodies back and they counter-attack. And then if they're quite happy, I think it's one of the developments in their game this season is that they're happy to hold on to the ball for a while and take the sting out of the game and go at it and attack it then. So, uh, yeah, I would expect it to be quite cagey. I wouldn't, you know, I'd expect uh, and so, like, Clare that- to... In that situation, a low-scoring game, I think you always give an underdog a, a really good chance because t- anything could happen. You know, last-minute goal or, uh, you know, mm. it, it's it's a risky enough game. Like, I mean, I think if Derry actually came out and showed something a little bit different, decided to go after Clare, I think they're probably better than Clare. Mm. And for Manning, they could probably win the game comfortably. But I don't know. I'm not entirely sure if we'll see them change too much from what yeah. we've seen so well we know in the in the league they they did kind of cut loose a little bit down in Cusick Park and they won 213 to 10 points away to Clare so Clare will be will be on guard they know obviously that this Derry team are capable of scoring I know we take the league with a pinch of salt but at the same time this this kind of notion that Derry are ultra defensive etc kind of it's you know they they may be very defensive but they're also very very capable of Ring, ringing up big scores and particularly they're quite effective at raising green flags as well yeah I, listen they will have benefit from playing them in the league but what a Rory Gallagher showed I doubt he, sh- he was shown his championship hand and I think you know Derry had to show their championship hand in Ulster to get those victories and I think getting back to Eamon's point about the three teams that they bet and I, t- I take that but I think if they were to play those three teams again would those three teams have learned a lot because they kind of got caught in that web and uncertainty and really or they were caught in the headlights of the Derry system um, and you learn a lot from that so I don't know how much Le- Claire have learned from the, the game against Derry but I, I think that you know again we're, with that four week break I'd fully agree that it really suited Derry because it gave Rory Gallagher the chance to regroup he had phase one completed he probably had time to really look ahead with detail in phase two. He's coming to Crow Park. I think I think their game will. I know people say Crow Park is more open and faster and stuff like that. I, I think their game plan will be fine in Crow Park. I think they might just defend a little bit narrowly. Uh, they might give the side channels a little bit more space down the side channels to, to, to Claire, similar to the way Tyrone did last year against Kerry, where they were happy for them to go down uh, the channels down on, on the sideline and give them that space. And if they kick a score from there, do you know what? Fair play. Uh, and I think they'd be well organized and well structured and they'll, they'll do what they usually do that. They will fully dictate the terms of the game uh, and look to, you know, as we know, turn over Claire and hit them on the counter-attack. So it really depends Claire do set up and they like to they do like to they get bodies back they do like they play a running game 
they will slow it down themselves. We will have periods where we'll be kind of scratching our head saying the ball has gone back and forward. But really, I think Claire have to be brave enough to maybe have, have have a go at Derry and ask some questions and get inside that scoring zone and may not be as conservative as Donegal were. But for me, when you break, when you really look at it closely and you think of Brendan Rogers and Chrissy McCaig and Owen Cleary and Keelan Sexton, and you look possibly at those matchups and you look at the track record those two boys have had in Ulster, if you take them out of the Clare offensive threat, I think they're going to struggle, uh, and that's why I just I, I I think I think Derry will be well prepared. Yes, Clare have a chance, but for me, I think I I I just think Derry will will dictate the terms of the game, and that's what's going to win it for them. Yeah, they the the Ulster final. I mean, the reason I suppose I found it so compelling was that Derry got that after an awful opening. Derry got that goal, which kind of gave them an edge for the whole game, and the the absolute like terror. That which both teams had about losing the ball just made every possession seem so pivotal. Even if very not very little happened except a wide being kicked, it felt like every time each team had the ball, this could be the winning and the losing of the game. I have a feeling that the stakes mightn't be quite so high in terms of possession on on Saturday afternoon. No, and and you'd hope that Claire, as Kieran said, there will have the bit of a go, uh, Mikey. That you know, uh, like I was, I was surprised with how conservative Donegal were that day because Donegal are at their best when they're coming at pace playing one twos and you know they have the athleticism to get up and down the field um, even if they lose the ball but they were so conscious and obviously it worked so hard and not turning over possession that they took it to levels of paranoia rarely seen before but like you said it did kind of add to the spectacle in terms of the intrigue about a turnover seeming so so significant but the one place that I think that Clare will have looked at and will try to get at Derry is is Derry's own kickouts that you know they like to go along or on both kickouts I suppose but on their own kickout Oren Lynch likes to go along because when they win it they like to move it up the field quickly and Clare have Darren O'Neill and Cahill O'Connor in the middle of the field they're you know they're big big strong operators, particularly Darren O'Neill. And if they can get any bit of a foothold at all in terms of winning a couple of kickouts and going at Derry when they're a bit open, that's an opportunity. And similarly, Derry like to press the opposition kickout so that if they can win their ball and move it on fast, there will be opportunities there. So you'd hope that Clare would be ambitious in, in, in those kind of areas. But uh, similar to what Kieran said, look, you know, I, I've said it before, I've massive respect for Clare. I came across them a good bit in my own time and we had a couple of narrow escapes above in Cusick Park and it was always, it's been kind of painted as, oh, you know, we got the job done or whatever. But th- those games, I remember in 2017, we won, we beat Dublin in the league final and we played Clare maybe two weeks or three weeks later in the Munster Championship. Dunnock Welsh got sent off just before half time. Yeah. I don't know what we were down at halftime. We were three or four points down at halftime. We were playing into Breeze with 14 men. It was fine and hairy, and it wasn't a kind of, oh, this is, we'll get through this. We played very well in the second half to get through it. So I'd always have um great time for Clare, but I think Derry have too much, and I think their their game will transfer well to Crow Park, and they'll be, they'll be hard to stop, not just this weekend, but going forward. Okay. Uh, Rory, how do you see it going? Yeah, I think a narrow. I think well, maybe not so narrow. Yeah, yeah. Look, you I think it would be a real, real, um, 
massive blow for Rory Gallagher and the whole Derry momentum that came out of the Ulster Championship if they were to slip up at this stage. And I think they'll just have too much in terms of pace and power and uh, probably sneak it. I'd say by four or five in the end. Okay. And Wheelow, you also going for a Derry win? Yeah, I think so. I think, listen, the, the key the key for Clare is not to concede early green flags because that just lets Derry control the game. So mm-hmm. if, the, if they can force Derry to have to play and come forward and take more, the more risks they force Derry to take for as long as possible, keep them in the game, in my view. But I just think, I just think Derry will dictate the terms and have too much and win by four or five, yeah. Okay, right. Moving on to Sunday, um, division division one Sunday. Uh, very, <laughs> very, very, very. Sorry, Willa. Very intriguing. <laughs> it's um, they're two great matchups. Let's uh, let's be honest. They're, I think both days have a lot to uh, have a lot to offer. But there's a, uh, I think there's there's a lot of excitement around Armagh. Um, Eamon, as you mentioned, recency bias, and Galway like Derry have kind of had a month on the shelf where. For some people, you know, their beautiful attacking football has become all the more beautiful in the reminiscing. And for others, I suppose, old failings, perhaps people are thinking are going to are gonna come back to the fore. Do you think, Eamon, that the, the four weeks has been as useful to Park Joyce as it was to Rory Gallagher? Um, I don't know. I don't know, uh, Mikey. Um, yeah, look, I suppose they had three games in the Connacht Championship. And it was a big again, no more than no more than Derry. It was a big step for them to win the Connacht Championship and Padraig Joyce's um reign probably needed it. Uh so again, there were probably was a bit of um, you know, elation within the group for the for the first half of that first week. And again, having the 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 chance to kind of settle down and get back into the nitty-gritty of getting ready for an all-learning quarter final. It was probably no harm for them to have the bit of time again. Um, like I mean, when you contrast where Armar coming from, just with the the way that they've played and the momentum that they have coming into the game, it's it's hard to buy that at this time of the season. It's just hard to get to where Armar are at. Um, you know, there may be a small bit of fatigue coming off the the couple of hard games and the couple of weeks together. That that is, you know, a slight factor. Galway are obviously going to be fresher. But the momentum, confidence, and belief that Armagh have, um, you know, it's 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 coming to the the boil perfectly for them at the right time. Yeah, Rory, kind of you look at the kind of the run that the provincial champions had to get here, and um, you know we mentioned how formidable Derry's was with perhaps a little bit of uh, revisionism. Cork and Limerick for Kerry. We mentioned Dublin's. Uh, you know, Galway have already beaten Mayo and Roscommon. So <clears throat> as provincial champions go. They are pretty battle hardened, and Park Joyce has kind of been toying with his defensive system, obviously quite dramatically against Mayo, and then kind of a, the maybe the light version in later games, and and kind of we know what their attack has, so they do offer a very different challenge, I think, to what Armagh have already faced in in familiar foes in terms of um, Tyrone and Donegal. Yeah, like I, and what impresses me about Galway is they seem to have, you know, like they they can kind of adapt their game plan depending on who it is that depending on the opposition I mean they obviously sat back quite deep against it. They, they obviously I we did a really good piece on the night that they beat Mayo on the nighttime program just how they 
sat the two wing forwards back. Um, very similar, actually. I would suggest aiming to what you did when you played Donegal in that famous All-Ireland final back in 2014, where you had your two kind of wing forwards kind of sitting back, tracking runners. Um, not too dissimilar in terms of making sure that Mayo, you know, given the power and pace that they have coming from deep. but And then obviously they, they came with something a little bit different in the Connacht final. Um, obviously Leitrim wouldn't have given them as much of it as much of a challenge but I think this weekend it's going to be a very very different challenge once again because of the just like I mean Armagh play a very kind of open very this could be an, a shootout or it, I, I mean I don't know I'd be interested in the boys views I'd be I, you'd love it at that if it was I think from Armagh's perspective I think the big thing, for, I was just looking there, they haven't played non-Ulster opposition since the middle of March. So I think they'll probably relish going in here. Um, they maybe look for this, to, like this game could potentially be quite open, as I said. And if it is, um, with both sets of forwards, I think, you know, look, I think we could be in for an absolute cracker, but it's, it's, it's without a doubt the hardest one of the four games to call. Yeah, we love we we you know we do occasionally like to look at matchups, and I think when it comes to the Galway forward line, like every up every opposing manager has like serious questions to ask because, um, you know even taking their free scoring midfielder Paul Conroy out of the mix, like you know you have Shane Walsh maybe top of the three of who to worry about Damien Comer, but then every other forward has contributed handsomely so far this year. At some point, Patrick Kelly, Johnny Heaney. Karen Malloy maybe is slightly more kind of defensively orientated, but they have so many threatening players that, you know, Kieran McGinney's looking at his uh, stock of defenders and you might be wondering, you know, they could use another one or two here. Who goes here? Who goes, you know, like you, you may, you may be, you maybe pair someone up against Walsh and Comer and you feel happy enough, but then you start thinking about who's on the rest of them. Yeah. And I suppose in a situation like that, you, 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 you can only identify one or two key threats. You know, if you're trying to trying to put out so many fires, you lose control of the game yourself. So, um, you know, obviously, Mikey, I think maybe Aidan Forker probably will probably track Damien Comer, and Damien Comer likes to go out around the middle, and and Aidan Forker is probably quite comfortable to go out go, go out with him as well, and can possibly hurt you going the other way. And, uh, as regards Shane Walsh, that's probably the biggest dilemma maybe for. Um, for McGinney, you know, James Morgan has been going very, very well. But again, you know, Walsh likes to go out and around the middle of the park as well. Do you pass him off to somebody else or do you just identify somebody to try and curtail him? Because he's so good from a starting stand, you know what I mean? When he gets the ball, uh, he can be very, very difficult to defend against. But I think, you know, going back to Rory's point about a shootout, I don't. I think you know if Galway go down the route of a shootout, they get their arses handed to them. Um, I think they, they've they've it's been shown in recent years that defensively, if they go kind of man to man, they 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 can get badly exposed. And I think they've learned the hard way in a couple of occasions, particularly probably against Mayo. And and you have to give Joyce and his management team credit for identifying that they had to get themselves right at the back against Mayo to cut to cut off that running game. Um, and similarly, I think they have to approach Armagh in a similar vein that Armagh will mix it up going forward. The movement in their forward line is is, is excellent in the way Jason Duffy and Mean O'Neill can interchange and come in and out. And Rory, Rory Grugan, they have good top-class forwards. And then you've got good ball players like Stephen Campbell, 
that's making it happen around the middle. So <clears throat> I think I don't think Galway can afford to come with a with a template to really attack Armagh. I think they look at Armagh's strengths over the last couple of weeks and they say, right, we have to maybe close down that kicking game, stop them creating goal opportunities, and maybe you know, at times try hit them on the counter-attack, which they've done very well against Roscommon, particularly uh, in the second half, because they do have good, strong runners and they do have pace to go back. Uh, and I think I think with Donegal, Donegal showed up maybe a few chinks in the Armagh. Armagh will attack with numbers when they come forward and if they don't get it in quickly, they will come forward and, you know, Rafferty even comes up. They all will come up and they'll try and get themselves in a position. And I think some of the quick kickouts that Patton got into the pockets of the halfbacks and some of the turnovers, if if you can get our, at Armagh before they reset, that's the chance to really go after them because they do give you that opportunity. And if Galway can move that ball very, very quick, they'll have to get a foot pass in to, to, to get between the half forwards and halfbacks. That's where they can quickly get at Armagh. Donegal just didn't do it enough, in my view. They were just a little bit, little bit slow, but there, what you could see that there was opportunities there for them. So I think, listen, it's going to be a, it is going to be a fascinating game. I do think it will be high scoring, but I think Galway have to have their defensive cap on uh, to, to, to possibly close down Armagh. Yeah, if, if they do have their defensive cap on, Eamon, is there a risk here that perhaps Armagh off the back of the Donegal game and how convincing it was, they might be a little bit gung-ho and is there a call when you get to an All-Ireland quarter-final in Croke Park to have a little patience, perhaps, you know, one of those marauding wing-backs doesn't go forward, you know, your full-backs stay in the full-back line and that, as as Wheelow pointed out, like, if if you have a quick kick-out strategy or if you turn over the ball more significantly, like, Armagh could leave themselves very exposed and this isn't me trying to talk them out of playing the way they're playing because I love to watch them, but Kier McGinney's wily enough now he think, okay, look, we, we put on a show against Donegal, perhaps now people are expecting us to keep up the Harlem Globetrotter stuff. Maybe, maybe we'll play a little bit more conservatively and maybe we'll draw Galway out rather than being drawn out ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, Mikey. And look, I, I agree with the lads. I think it's going to be possibly the game of the weekend. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a brilliant game, whatever way the teams decide to go at it. Um, I do, I like, I think with Armagh, they've got, they've got to possibly where they expect it to be themselves, maybe via different routes, but it's from now on where decision-making is going to come into us in the, in the big games. So if Armagh have the opportunity to kick the ball inside, they prefer to do that and they'll try and play that front foot football. If Galway have bodies in place, they should, you know, they they should be a bit more patient, play the one twos, get the runners going, and all that. So I think they'll absolutely be ready for Galway having plenty of bodies back there. How they deal with it will be the question. And are they, you know, are they mature enough as a team to make the right decisions on the ball, depending on what they're presented with? If they can get ahead of Galway, and Galway have to come out and play to allow them to kick the ball, Galway are set. Will they be patient? Will they play the bit of possession game? And that's where, you know, the likes of Dublin have that fantastic game experience and they, they're very good at making the right decisions as a group of players. So I think that's going to be the interesting thing from the Armagh perspective this weekend. Can they make the right decisions in possession? Um, I think they will keep a solid, solid enough shape as well that they will be aware of the counter-attack. There was one of the scores 
Now you think again, Kiran highlighted at the night of the on the Sunday game against um against um Roscommon in the day of the kind of final where Damien Comer tur- was he- back helping turn over a ball in his own 45 and they counter-attacked and he ended up kicking this, the, the point at the end mm. of it. So they'll be kind con- they'll have looked at those scores and they'll be saying, you know, with Comer, with Shane Welch, with Rob Finnerty. They, they have plenty of pace going the other way, so that they are have to be very conscious of that Galway counter attack. So they'll probably have a plan to deal with that as well. But I think a long winded way of saying McGinney will trust the players to make the right decisions on the ball. And we're going to see now are they mature enough to do that? And if they are, they have a great chance of being in an All Ireland semi final and possibly further. If they don't, it'll be another season of possibly developing and learning for them. See, you've sat on the fence there now, Eamon, so I'm going to have to ask you your most <laughs> hated question. You're going to have to call it. Who's going to win it, Eamon? I think this one, like, is there a possibility one of the four games could go to penalties this weekend? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I wouldn't we, be surprised we, for extra time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that we could have the, the, that drama. Like, with the seven games we've left, um, I know the final can be a replay, but from now on, if a team loses on penalties, I know it's horrible always to lose on penalties, but... When the big stuff is on, uh, I I don't know, Mikey. I think, uh, <laughs> give, I'll give. I I've uh, Kieran Dan. He's obviously in the Armagh camp, and uh, I'd be kind of rooting for Kieran O'Neill in the Galway camp as well. So uh, I'll give uh, Armagh a hesitant nod. So you're, you're 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 almost taking the fun out of this. I torture you so much by asking you for a prediction. You you almost made me not want to do it, Wheelo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a very, very tough one, Mikey. Uh, I, I just maybe well, there's one word that kind of springs to mind, maybe, and that's confidence. And I think Armagh are full of confidence at the moment, and their all their players are probably performing to their maximum. And if they bring the same levels of energy that they had the last couple of weeks, and they don't hit a flat patch. I would give them the vote to scrape it, but it could go to extra time. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's a very, very difficult one to call. Okay, Rory. Yeah, 90 minutes football obviously is going to be the kind of game that will require teams to dig deep into the reserves and you'll be looking at your bench and your panel and just looking at the likes of Jamar Hall, Connor Turbot, Mark Shields, maybe Armagh have a little bit more quality there. Now, having said that, Shame, like given the craziness that can sometimes exist with, especially when you have a goalkeeper who's not a goalkeeper, Shane Walsh could come out and bang two goals in after five minutes and change the whole complexion. So it's really hard to call, but yeah. 90 minutes football, we'll go the whole hog and Armagh to shade it. Okay, well, I've already predicted Galway are going to win the All-Ireland, so I guess they have to win their quarterfinal if they're going to win the All-Ireland, mm. so I'm going to stick with them. And no extra time here, either. I, I actually, I, I think they could, I, I think this could be uh, relative, not relatively good, but I think they could actually be quite impressive on Sunday. I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. I'm keeping the faith. Colors on as well, Mikey. Yeah. We're back to two. Well, oh God, I'm yeah. it's, it's, it's more we're pink, looking, honestly. No, no, I'm not going that far. We're looking at a kind of a 2001 type performance, is it, Mikey? Yeah, I think so. I was at that final. It, it stuck with me. I uh, have to say, um, maybe that's where my kind of ill-founded grow for Galway football comes from. Um, anyway. Uh, since 2001, two teams have dominated a lot of uh, football narrative, obviously, along with Dublin, and that is Kerry and Mayo. Um, 
I was wondering when you're. I was wondering when you're going to start talking about the favourites for the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, I'll start with you, Wheelow. They are the favourites. They and they have been since a ball wasn't kicked in January, I suppose, and they haven't done anything to uh, dissuade. You know, they won the league against today's opponents, and they beat what was put in front of them thus far this summer, namely Cork and Limerick. Um, the rumor mill is flying. We oh. love rumors in Kerry. I heard David Clifford has no legs now. He has no <laughs> legs. They both just <laughs> fell off. Normally, it was the O'Shea's fighting amongst each other, or they might have gave Jack a dig or something, wasn't it? No, no, no wonder you had to close the no that you was, had uh, to close the training sessions. That was that was factory. That was the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, the rumors are flying. I, I. I rang my mom last night and she was saying that her sister told her that David Clifford is definitely out. So there you go. <laughs> well, if you have no legs, you can't play football. That's, that's just the way it is. Dep- oh, depends on who you depends on who you talk to. Some people say he's fine and other people. I hope for obviously for Kerry's point of view that he's he's fit, but even from you know the the point of view of the spectacle. Um and for the big picture for Kerry, if they do manage to win on Sunday. Uh, if he hasn't played, you know, competitive game going all the way back to the Cork game, that's not ideal for David himself. So uh, I haven't heard for sure that he's out. So um, and Jack said he should be okay. So I'm going to go with this, that. Wheelow, this this has all just been fueled by Jack O'Connor not giving a straight answer to a straight question. And now at this stage of our life, should we should we really expect a straight answer to a straight question from Jack? I honestly think he's just done this for the crack. I think there's a definition for that, isn't it? Cute tourism. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they call it down there. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, like, you know, obviously, if he, if he's if he's not playing, it's one massive less headache for James Horan. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But still, the carry forward line, the threat that it carries, uh, you, you you still you still certainly can't relax. And and I, and I don't think it really will radically change how Mayo will approach the game. Um, and you know, it carry similar to Dublin, probably still some question marks and haven't had competitive games, you know, but the optics from the whole year certainly indicate that, you know, they're well organized. They've bringing a lot more physicality to the middle third, have a solid defensive structure they've committed to, uh, and then have a forward line that would frighten the life out of you. So uh, all those aspects are still there and they're coming in against a Mayo team that's, Mayo are the great unknowns, really, aren't they? Like, you know, everyone is sitting back going, you, you, you know, they have such a good track record in performing when you write them off and not performing when you big them up. Um, and they're coming in this weekend in that vein of not performing. Uh, so it's it's an intrigue. And people think they're going to throw, you know, they have to throw the kitchen sink at Kerry uh, and bring a hell of a lot of intensity to the game. Um, but... I suppose again, there's two things for me. I think when you when you look at Coldy at the matchups, Mikey, and you kind of say, well, who's going to match up with David Clifford or Paulie Clifford or Shawnee O'Shea, and and you're and Mayo have great defenders. But when you look at the matchups at the other end of the field, there's n- there's nothing there that really frightens you from a Kerry perspective. Uh, you know, Killian O'Connor is obviously back in there. Ryan, I don't know who we don't know whether he's going to play, but Killian O'Connor may have lost a little bit of pace. He still has the smartness and he still has the intelligence, but. That's that for me sticks out as a, a different threat at either end of the field, and I wonder does does James Horan? He's been very predictable, but 
you need to do something different this weekend. And it'd be interesting, Eamon's views on this, but like, would he spook Jack O'Connor if he just stuck Aidan O'Shea in on the edge of the square? And actually, even if he put a couple of balls in in the first 10 minutes and they didn't win it, 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 folk, it refocuses the Kerry management mindset and, and, and can distract them nearly. Uh, and it just offers something different. Um, and I, I don't know, it'd be interesting in your views. If, if you're mm. back on the Kerry line and all of a sudden you see Aidan O'Shea going in on the edge of the square, it does spook you. Absolutely, Kieran. And I, I, I look. I've, I've long felt that that's his, his best position. To be honest, and that if Mayo used him in there, he could be very, very effective as, as a target man. Maybe not as, as the huge scoring threat. He'd probably score more goals and points. But I think, like, if you did that, for you know, and I'm sure Kerry have planned for this. So we'll take Tyke Morley's role, which has been very, you know, very important for Kerry all through throughout the season so far this year. If Tyg Morley is setting up for a traditional um, Mayo attack, yeah, he's runners. playing as a sweeper further out. He's playing out, you know, from the top of the D out because he's dealing with runners. His job as a sweeper is to is to deal with runners there. Whereas if you've had Noche inside as a target man, he has to drop twenty yards deeper uh, to to deal with kicked ball inside, and it creates a bit of space outside for runners to come into. So straight away, even just with that that little element of Tig's role, it changes his his the dynamic for him. So yeah, yeah I I hundred percent I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, I I do think and look, James Horn would probably argue that his his way of playing is is effective and that you know it has got them so far, but like it hasn't won them the big, big games as close as they have been. And Jesus, they've had misfortune and everything else. But I, I do think they need to come with something slightly different this weekend. Yeah. yeah. The, the other the other aspect of that, Eamon, is though that it would allow, well, you're really forcing Tyg Morley to play deep, stay deep. It may allow Mayo to have that plus one in a not so deep position and be able to come forward and support the attack as well. You know what I mean? To be able to... To, to, to play as a sweeper but come forward when required because obviously Mayo have to have somebody in to protect if Clifford's playing or the inside forward because they left themselves so open in the league they have to have a structure in their defence as well you know yeah it's interesting that the like the implications of like you know some people think I was very simplistic say stick the big man on the edge of the square but you're both explaining it there that it has implications further at the field and for how the defensive team plays throughout. So it's it's quite interesting because obviously this is one of those age old arguments. But Rory, they have to do something because like they may have beaten Kildare, but they were bloody awful for sixty five minutes and two seven of their two thirteen came from either the bench or the defence. So their attack attacking unit is not doing what it's supposed to do. Don't they have a fierce knack though of either rising up to the level of the opposition they're playing and equally dropping down to the level mm. of the opposition that they're playing. Mayo are just that funny kind of a team. I think they will bring everything. Should they, like, should they have no choice? They'll bring everything on on Sunday. And I think, look, they've, they, they, I think this is, a, I'd be small bit worried about this game if I was Kerry. I mean, I know, I think Wheelow's spot on. Like, even if Clifford isn't, playing I think he will be playing I, just, I, I don't necessarily see that as being um, a huge game changer because Kerry have so many 
so many other areas in their forwards where they can hurt you. But I think from a Mayo perspective, if Ryan O'Donoghue is fit, if they like if they picked a full forward line of Ryan O'Donoghue, Jason Doherty, and Aidan O'Shea, for example, and you've got some really good targets in there, might that might that allow you? Where's Killian O'Connor playing in that plan? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, I suppose I suppose he does. Obviously, he does start. I'm not so sure. I think he like would would you would just would you maybe hold him back? At this Oof. point, I mean, I, I like is he going to get found out again? Like is like Killian O'Connor on the bench with Aiden O'Shea full forward. Now that would be a dramatic, dramatic plan, all right. <laughs> and I I, I I think they'd play him Roy, they'd play him to play you know, he's too smart, he's too intelligent, he's still and he still leads he, in terms of work rate, he still leads that That's line true. Yeah, and yeah, force yeah, him to yeah, work yeah, yeah, when yeah. they don't have the ball, you know. But like, he's chopped and changed his six forwards. Now he's chopped and changed all the way is true. Um, James Horn, like I think you mentioned before, Willow, he's looking to see if he can find something and stumble on something and see if he can find the right kind of magic formula, whether it's this, I mean, is a platoon of wingbacks playing in his defence? He's obviously chopped and changed quite a bit up front as well. Fellas in, fellas out. So, you know, look, you just don't know what he's going to pick or what kind of a team is going to line out on Sunday. I think either way, I'd expect Mayo to come with everything. And um I don't necessarily think they'll be that overawed. I mean, there are huge question marks still about Kerry, you know, and uh, they until, I suppose, uh, we all know what Kerry are judged by, and until, I suppose, they answer that by winning the ultimate, then those, those question marks will remain. So it's just about feeding into that, I suppose, from a Mayo perspective mm-hmm. and seeing if they can gain any capital from it. Ever was it thus, Eamon, I suppose, really a Kerry team, comes out comes out a monster you know probably been favorites for the all-ireland you know since before the league started until the you know the the dawn of the current dublin team etc but always the same questions that ah, they won't be tested till they get to Crow park and you know any weaknesses that you know might be perceived this this is this is as big a part of an all-ireland campaign for Kerry as anything else really isn't it this this notion that there are questions to be answered yeah, look, absolutely, Mikey. Look, I think to be fair, to be fair to Cork, up until maybe 2018, really, certainly 2017, maybe you could argue Cork were always hugely competitive in Cork. And during my own playing career, they beat us more often than not in, in the Munster Championships. So I think in the past, we would have been well, well road tested by the time we got to, to Crow Park for an All Ireland quarter final. But Obviously, the last couple of years, that hasn't been, you know, as much of a factor. But, yeah, look, look ultimately, with Kerry, until this group get it get it done, there are going to be question marks. It's as simple as that. And they know that themselves, and they've, yeah. they're have they going to have question marks themselves within the group until they get it done. But they can only do it one step at a time. And, uh, you know, I think even thinking back to the All-Ireland semi-final last year, there, there will have been a lot of hard lessons learned for the players themselves from that that loss and that kind of hurt and disappointment can be a ferocious driving force as well so i imagine individually whether as a group or not i don't know if they are but individually some of the players that would have been disappointed with the way they performed against tyrone last year they'll certainly be tapping into that this week and they'll be saying not again there's no way i'm gonna i'm gonna let the side down again like that in in crow park and that can be a very powerful thing, but uh, 
Yeah, look, the, the Kerry lads have to be bursting for this game. They have to be mad for road and they have to be mad for Crow Park and get out there and start really into the business end of the championship. And uh, for that reason, I'd be quite hopeful for Sunday, but until mm. until the ball's thrown in, you know, we won't know really. Yeah, um, and we load the one one area of, of real strength for Kerry, from what I can see, is the options that Jack O'Connor has. Be it if somebody's not performing in the first ten minutes, he could take the Brian Lowe approach and hook them because they have a bench. You know, if if James. David Clifford is back, say say Killian Spillane drops to the bench, and just as an example, so you'd have Killian Spillane, Adrian Spillane. David Moore, Paul Murphy, Gavin Crowley, Michal Burns, Dylan Casey, all these guys available. Like it's it's they're they're kind of getting to the strength of bench that we were discussing earlier about Dublin in their pomp. Like they've been they've uh, an awful lot of depth. Yeah, and that's that's it, Mike, and that's so so important when it comes to this stage of the championship. Uh, and I think that was it was listen, we saw evidence of that against Cork when they were able to I think he had Gini back that night, didn't he? And they were able to just roll Murphy and Moore in and absolutely totally I know Cork were down a man but dictate the last quarter so that's a huge strength that Kerry have and they can mix it up and he can also probably mix it up will he start Adrian Spillane this week will will is it will they bring him in in as a as a runner maybe to work hard and because Mayo are going to go forward I know I know you can sit back and say you want the Kerry forwards to pin back on McLaughlin and Paddy Durkin and Hessian and these guys but you do need somebody that's going to track runners and, and and work hard and I know against Limerick he went for a very offensive of front six, we kind of want to blow them out of the water and Killian Splan had a great game and he's probably competing with Tony Brosnan in the corner probably for a slot but he might just uh, put Adrian Splan in this weekend just as a, as a defensive half forward and, 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 and he'd still have a lot of threat up front with the, whoever the other five that he picks so like Kerry have incredible depth uh, like all the ingredients are there you know if Kerry get a good good solid game this weekend and come through it they will be in good stead better stead coming possibly coming into the semi-final yeah rory can you is dylan casey gone for the just did is dylan casey gone him and i think he's, he's gone. gone yeah he had to have a procedure gone, yeah. in his ankle i think yeah oh yeah out. okay down one down one down still, one though. yeah but sure yeah. like they still have plenty <laughs> more but um, your heart bleeds for them too, Rory. No, I'm no, sure. no, no my, my, my heart will never bleed for Kerry. You can be sure of that. But uh, no, uh, listen, look, they're just in. They're in really good shape. I think the only thing is, look, I, 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 it's just again. I mean, with Mayo, you just never know. I think the one thing, and we mentioned this after the last round of the qualifiers. I think Mayo, the one area that they will be able to match Kerry on is athletically. I think fitness-wise, I think that's where Cork probably couldn't live with Kerry, and that's where Cork ran out of juice. It's just, like, I think Mayo will be able to stay with Kerry full 70 minutes. It's just they probably just won't do enough damage on the scoreboard to, you know, to to, to ultimately uh, win the game. And I think that's where Kerry will see it out. Yeah, uh, Eamon, um, this is your chance to engage in that favourite of, of, of Kerry hobbies, uh, if you want. Can, can you make a case for Mayo here, or is this, like, how Kerry... You know, right, rightly the favourites to win this match. I think Rory did it uh, very well for me already. Uh, <laughs> so, no, look, I think the thing with Mayo, Rory mentioned it that they can play. They they traditionally play to the level of the opposition. They won't be afraid of Kerry. They're no. going to absolutely go at it, hammer and tons. The kind of game that they play with the runners from the back, that's that's a hard game for Kerry to deal with. Um, you know, even within club football in Kerry, there's very few 
club teams in Kerry that play that kind of a hard running game from the back and generate momentum from there. So Kerry footballers don't, don't come across that too much. So because of that, it is, it is, it is a hard uh, game to deal with. Uh, you know, are the Mayo crowd going to travel this weekend? They've always been traditionally a huge factor in Kerry Mayo games that when Mayo get momentum, they get behind them and they drive them on and they get energy from us. They didn't travel in huge numbers last weekend and there seems to be a bit of apathy in Mayo this year for the first time in a long time. So if they if they travel in numbers um, and the team, you know, play to the levels they can play, of course they're going to put it up to Kerry. Of course they're going to test them. Um, you know, for, for a parallel, I'd be looking more at the league game in March, which was a great battle that's okay it was played in bad conditions the weather might be a bit Ke- better no actually the weather's not supposed to be very good this weekend so yeah, it's quite nice rain. Yeah, yeah yeah and Kerry's records surprisingly with the amount of rain it's, <laughs> it's actually dry down here this morning but with the amount of rain that we have having Kerry our record in Crow Park on wet days in the recent past hasn't been great so like there there are you know there are plenty of things there for for Mayo to get their their teeth stuck into so I think there's a huge appreciation in Kerry that we're expecting the, you know, grade one Mayo rather than the Mayo we've seen over the last couple of weeks. If it turns out that Kerry went comfortably, fine, but I don't see it that way. I think it's going to be a huge battle. I'd still be quite hopeful that Kerry will, will do it and will do the business, but uh, I think it's going to be a huge test and it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a big battle. Okay, that's Eamon going for Kerry. I'm going for Kerry. Wheelow? Yeah, I'm going for Kerry as well, Mikey. Um, I, 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 I agree with whatever Naaman says. I, I, I think that Mayo will throw the kitchen sink at them. They will up their performance. Um, you know, but I, for me, the threat of that Kerry forward line in Crow Park just still sticks out. And I, I just, I, I just, they, while they might rattle them and they might could go ahead and they could be there, thereabouts for 50, 55 minutes. I just think that last quarter with the options Kerry have coming off the bench and with their firepower up front, I just think it'd be Kerry will have too much. Rory, any fear of a Tyrone style um, ambush here? No, I uh, didn't think Kerry would be beaten all year. Now I know that that prediction went out the window when they lost to Tyrone, obviously in the league, but I'm not too sure how interested Kerry were in that particular match. I don't think they're going to be beaten on Sunday. And, um, I don't think they can be beaten. I think this, if the, if if Kerry were beaten, that and that's the one thing that I, again that you could maybe offer a little bit of soccer to uh, Mayo. Kerry are under pressure, like like if they lose, my God, you know, fatten down the hatches down there for the winter months, like you know. So put on the helmets, yeah, put on the helmets. <laughs> like I mean, and that does bring an element of pressure, Eamon, doesn't it? It it does it does it does but I I would say Rory like my experience always of that is uh, the external pressure you don't really yeah, take any yeah, notice of it but within the group they'll certainly be putting pressure on themselves to perform okay. this weekend and I think that's the way they'll be looking at it they'll yeah. be saying look lads if we perform to the levels we're capable of we'll win the match but if we show up and we're a pale shadow of ourselves, we will be beaten. So mm. I think they'll be putting pressure 
on themselves. But uh, certainly, yeah, if they if they if they lose at the weekend, yeah, it'll be um, an interesting rather, an interesting rather than a winter a winter of discontent. It'll be six or seven months of discontent. So <laughs> Jack will be looking for the split season to be abandoned. I'd say if that, yeah. that was the case. At least there will be sport in Kerry during the months of July, of August and September. It'll be uh, Kerry intercounty football baiting. You know, there'll be uh, there'll be people yeah. on every street corner having a go. There'll be no shortage of activity. But yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think we all uh, so we, we've all gone for a Kerry win there. So um, sorry, Mayo. All right, lads. Um, I think we've 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 previewed the All Ireland quarterfinals as much as we could possibly preview them. So I say thank you to Eamon and to Wheelow and to Rory. And of course, you can watch the two matches on Sunday on RTE, the two matches on Saturday or on Sky Sports and you can listen to them on the radio on Saturday Sport and Sunday Sport on Sunday, obviously, including the name. And we'll have uh, live blogs, reports, reaction and everything on the RTE website and the RTE News app. And we will, of course, be back on Monday to rake over the coals of it. So until then, we'll say thank you, good luck and chat to you then. Goodbye. Crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. By winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it, he hits it, it's over the bar!